Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gerns, and I am here with Halima. Hey, everyone. And I'm frazzled. I'm going to be honest. I'm go- You know I'm what? I, was, I, I need to say, Carlos, <laughs> you really need to learn some, like, new stress management strategies or something because... You can't let the studio finish you every week, guys. But it's like this week, you know what? It's because of good things as well. Basically, um, for those of you that haven't been had an eye on our socials, they've got cameras now that like come out of the walls in the studio, which are good in the sense that they get like good angles sort of thing. And it's a bit easier like than having to set up a tripod and everything. But at the same time... It's just more to set up. Yeah, they're really Carlos, high up. Carlos, but you, Carlos, you have zero resilience. You have zero like stress management. Every week I come in and I sit down and I just have to kind of watch Carlos just... You Fat say that you you sit right. How how do I have zero resilience? No, you have resilience. You have resilience. You have zero like stress management. But I feel like that's just part and parcel of of you though. The like thing I, is, I, I think I, you know what I spoke about this when we spoke about um, like our first impressions and stuff in the beginning. I would watch him. Like when we first started the show over three years ago now, um, and I would just sit there and watch him just faff and stress and be like, can I do anything? But now I just know I just come and sit down and I'll just do my own thing. But you see, Halima, the thing is like, I, I'm I'm going on with it. It's not that I'm like... No, true stre- say, it's true not say. That I'm Guys, we always get there. We stuff. always get there. So like, I think I've done all I can do. I think the thing is like, the world needs to stop giving me... Stress. Problems. How's your boiler? Um, I think it's it might be fixed. Okay, it might be. Right. Um, see, it, it's it's working now, but then this morning it was doing some weird stuff, but it was still working. So I, okay. I don't want to get into it. But on the subject of stress and you being late in general, like I don't know, not that like it made yeah. any difference today. Yeah, no, no. You know why? I was like, oh, should I text Talima like to make sure that she's up? And I was like, you know what? I know it's gonna take time for me to set stuff up, but I'm just gonna like let her run her course because I don't want her to get there and just be stood there for like half an hour whilst yeah. I'm trying to sort stuff out. It kind of works. It's a very somehow just slots into place, doesn't it? <sighs> yeah. Anyway, on that topic, I was um, at Barber the other day um, and he was saying, and I thought, this is something I need to talk to Halima about. What? We were just having a Not chat. Not barbershop conversation. I know, I know. Um, like, no, I do get on with like my barber person i always put like the same person sort of thing mm. um and it's all right like i'm not really one that like likes to engage in small talk but like for that it's fine and also for this it was a beard thing so it's kind of like you can't really talk that much anyway so it's kind of like an excuse it's all up in your face yeah so. anyway um he was saying about how he has like a really bit like good routine sort of thing and he like he basically goes to bed at like nine ten at night and then oh, my dream. Know, and then like wakes up at like six seven my dream. and then he was like um oh um yeah and i i'm not attached to my phone like i always leave it downstairs and i was like oh okay oh, so what God. do you have like i was like to him, oh do you have like a manual who is this man is he single no he's, he's married with a kid i'm sorry but yeah <laughs> anyway um i was like oh so you don't have your phone so you do you have a manual alarm and he's like no my body clock and i'm like what yeah. you, like, you don't have any backup whatsoever Damn. he just wakes up every morning this is what on you call time survival of the fittest you got you guys in an apocalypse that man is winning i could ne- I, I, I was could just never. like i can't relate like i can't I, and i wish i could i'm not even joking like when i see people like that who move like that who live like that 
I'm jealous. That's my dream. 9, 10 p.m. I'm not going to lie. I'm eating my first meal of the day. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm fully, fully serious. Like, I'm eating my first meal of the day. I feel like... Do you feel like, Halitma, once you get into that whole um, married life sort of thing, when it happens, um, do you think that that is going to maybe force you to <clears throat> shift? Because you're going to... Like, when you have <sighs> kids and stuff, you're going to have to, like, be... But do you know what? I'm not going to lie, like... Every kind of watershed that people have, because I've had this terrible sleeping pattern. By the way, guys, for those of you who are who are new to the show, I have a notoriously bad sleeping pattern. Yeah. A lot of it's like ADHD. Related. To the extent that, like today, like I said, I was going to message you, and I looked, and it said last seen at twelve something. I was like, okay, for you, fine, we're fine, we're fine. Like twelve uh, if, if you PM. Saw, if like... you saw before twelve, it was like five something. Mm. It's gone really bad recently. I'm not going to lie, but my point is, is that I like I have been i have a been wanting to fix my sleeping pattern i have a been wanting to sort it out i literally look in awe and just pure jealousy at people who are up at you know early hours of the morning and i complain about it to a lot of people i ask for advice from a lot of people and the thing that people always tell me is that like they always point to watersheds they're always people are like oh once you hit 25 like your body just will naturally just you know your circadian rhythm just naturally changes don't worry about it don't worry about it, it didn't happen people will be like oh once you once you get your first corporate job or you know your first nine to five your body it'll just sort it out don't worry about it nope didn't happen so that's why when you sit here and you're like, oh, what about when you get married, when you have kids? I mean, I would love for that to be the case, but I'm not particularly hopeful knowing me. I just feel like, again... Something's got to give, innit? No, I'm not, I'm not playing into stereotypes here. I'm saying this because I feel like this is from what you've said. This is the kind of life that you want. But the whole, like, making dinner for your family sort of thing, like um, having to take the kids to school sort of thing, that's all very time-dependent. And I I'm just know. kind of like... Surely that's going to require... Unless you're just going to wake up to do that and then go back to sleep. <laughs> but that's just... I'll just send my husband on the school run. Well, what, oh, do you trust your future husband to cook? That's the question. No, I'll do the cooking. He can do the school run. Division of labour. Fair enough. You know. But, yeah, I don't know, guys. If anyone is listening, please just say, like, a prayer for me or something to just sort my sleeping pattern out. It's no yeah. good. Maybe you need to talk to my barber. Maybe he's got some tips. And the thing is, it's like objectively, I know, like logically, I know what all the tips are, but it's just really hard to apply. A lot of it is just ADHD as well. Not gonna lie. Like last yeah. night, for example, I was knackered. Like I underslept pr- intentionally from the night before so that I could like feel tired and, and, and go to sleep. And it's like I will sl- I will get into bed. My eyes will be like, like sore from how tired they are. My body will be knackered. My mind just mm. doesn't shut down. It just doesn't shut down. It's so annoying. Yeah. Like, it takes me hours to, like... Yeah. I feel like we're on a similar wavelength, to be honest. Like, I don't think I'm as, like, far gone. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I literally did the same thing last night. Went to bed at, like, 10 p.m. because I'd underslept. And I was like, okay, I'm going to set my... I'm going to set my body clock. Right. Yeah. So I woke up at, like, 3 in the morning. And I was just like, well, why? Like, I was just... I stayed Oh, you woke in... up at 3 in the morning? Yeah, because like... Oh, so you actually went to sleep? I went to bed at 10pm and actually fell asleep because I was so tired. Then woke up at 3 in the morning and was like, well, what now? It's because your body's probably used to just getting like... That amount of sleep. Five, six hours, yeah. It wakes you up after that point, but... I blame the capitalistic machine. See me, yeah. (laughs) This is another one of our problems is that if I like... Say, for example, I I decide like, oh, do you know what? Like 12 till 8, because I need like minimum 8 hours... 
say like I say, okay, you know what? If I go to sleep at midnight, I wake up at 8 a.m. That's early enough for me. That's good. That's good, right? Because usually mm-hmm. I'll be waking up at like midday. Mm. I'll go to sleep at mid midnight. Yeah. But I won't wake up at 8 a.m. Because I in my head, I'm like, oh, this is so early. I just have more time to sleep. I'll just sleep more. Carlos, if I need to sleep for 12 hours, I'll sleep for 12 hours. It's so bad. Yeah. It's because I'm also super anemic as well. So I could just sleep and sleep. And oh, I just love to sleep. I wonder whether I'm anemic sometimes, you know. I just feel like... Uh, no, no. <laughs> this isn't because literally you, Simran, and my uncle are like, Gee, oh, the anemic. Yeah. But at the same time... Well, you might be. I just feel. I just out. feel like I have zero energy, and I always have done. Like it's been. Like I remember yeah. at parents' evening, like once, like my head of year was like, to like, oh, like do you, um, do you, um, to my mum, he was like, um, oh, like don't have questions, and he was like, he, he was just like, he sleeps so much. So oh I just, really? I was just like, why? How are they meant to help with that? Like, <laughs> Your mum's a bloody GP. She should. Yeah, exactly. Get you tested. Ugh. Yeah, go get genuinely though. On, on a serious yeah. level, if you do think so, you should go get tested because it's not for. It, listen, anemia. That one is not fun. No, it will, it will just have you finished. But yeah. moving on, it's a nice T-shirt you have on, Halima. Yay! So I only found this out a couple of minutes ago. What? What's the? Woo, guys! It's Bangladesh's victory day today. Woo-hoo! And to be clear, although you're wearing, is it a cricket T-shirt? No, it's just no. like a jersey. I've got oh, like okay. a little Bangladesh jersey on, guys. Okay. Um, what what does that entail? Victory of what? Okay, so I'm gonna. I thought it'll be because it's our victory day today. I'll give you like a little, a little yeah, rundown. Emphasis on the little. A little, uh, a little rundown of the thingy. So obviously, typically people know what Independence Days are, right? Our independent. So we have like two days to celebrate. So we have an Independence Day, which is in March, and we also have a Victory Day, which is today, December the 16th. And our Victory Day, so Independence Day, March 26th, is basically when Sheikh Mujib, the founding father of the nation, the first prime minister of Bangladesh, he basically declared that, hey, we're going to be an independent nation now. So for those of you who don't know, obviously we were under, well, we were all the, under British India. Uh, 1947 partition happened, and then Bangladesh was put as like East Pakistan, right? Even though we were geographically separate we were made to be east pakistan so west pakistan which is now the state of pakistan basically had dominion over us and it was this idea of having like this pure kind of unfiltered like muslim home homeland basically because we were the muslim majority populations in the indian subcontinent um but then what ensued was like this kind of era of pakistani occupation and oppression where they basically believed that the bengali culture and language had too much hindu influences and that it was therefore like impure and dirty and not this kind of like pure islamic nation that they were trying to create um so they were basically linked there was linguistic oppression there was ethnic oppression um they were essentially trying to wipe out the Bengali culture and language to to basically create another Pakistan, like to basically turn Bangladesh into Pakistan. Um, and then um, in March 26, 1971, Sheikh Mujib. Um, and also, so there's a lot of things that happen. Like we also were not getting like administrative kind of 
support or resources like um the the state of pakistan we were basically just like the hinterland basically you know even though um population wise we actually outnumbered the population of west pakistan and therefore we should have been allocated more resources more democratic representation we just were not um to the point where an election was held and the state of pakistan and obviously like it has to be a democratic election right and because we outnumber the population of west pakistan um sheikh mujib actually won the election so what should have happened is he should have become the prime minister or the president of pakistan both both west and east because though we're geographically separated we're one administrative center we're one country we're one nation so sheikh mujib should have been the prime minister but then yahya khan the then prime minister of prime um, pakistan didn't honor that so on march 26 1971 sheikh mujib um stood in front of a massive audience in dhaka and he said hey we are going to be independent. He said, this time the struggle is for our freedom. This time the struggle is for our independence. We have already given blood. We will give more blood, but we will liberate the people of this country. That's the transliteration, guys. It's an incredibly powerful speech. If you've never heard it, I implore you to go on YouTube and watch it. Very, very, very powerful. Um, and, And that basically began our liberation war which was for nine months so we declare ourselves as independent from march 26 1971 we then had a very very bloody liberation war which i we i have spoken about on the show before so go on our youtube you can find out i won't go to too much into it now um but it was it still to this day is known as like one of the bloodiest wars for independence um the pakistani army had you know trigger warning um weaponized rape um there was kind of mass starvation there was mass rape um it was it was just very very heartbreaking it was extremely i mean it was it was a genocide basically so it, it, like historically now it it falls under the category of genocide so the the state of pakistan had enacted a genocide upon the bangladeshi people um and then on december 16th uh, 1971 they basically obviously a lot happened in those nine months um, but December 16 1971 is basically when the state of Pakistan signed the instrument of surrender and Bangladesh became its own liberated na- nation state sovereign nation state uh, that makes sense because I remember obviously it's been a while since um, you did the whole episode Breakdown, yeah. on the liberation war and I'd forgotten that the March 26th wasn't actually independent because when you say independence you think like okay that's like they're free now but free now but yeah. actually that was the start of it that was the start yeah, of the makes, war yeah. yeah that was when we said we are independent we don't care what the state of pakistan say we are independent sure and then in december nine months later is when the actual instrument of surrender was signed and we kind of internationally became recognized sure. yeah so yeah it's, it's it's a very obviously it's a very like special day for bangladesh um it is the day that we became independent I think Bangladesh in particular had kind of a really difficult history, a very kind of history fraught with a lot of tragedy because we are the only nation in the subcontinent that had to fight for our independence twice over, Mm. once from the Brits, once from Pakistan, you know, which, which is reflected in the kind of subcontinental context today in the way that Bangladesh and Bangladeshis in general are kind of treated by other South Asian people, um, which again, I have kind of spoke about at length. Um, It's a day of remembrance for all the martyrs, all the freedom fighters who fought for the independence of our country, um, those who are recognized on a main stage and those who are not. And I'm pointing a lot to kind of um, 
you know, the indigenous people in Bangladesh who also fought, who haven't got the recognition, women who aren't as recognized. Um, I'm pointing to the Dalits, you know, the lower caste people who aren't as recognized, the poor people who aren't as recognized. But, you know, this is to say that the, the liberation effort was a nationwide effort and it was a unified effort and it, and it involved all factions of the society. Um, and it's a shame that today that the country and the kind of political appetites in and, and nationalistic imaginations in the country have in some degree kind of tended to forget the contribution and the sacrifices of certain demographics of Bangladeshi people today. Um, it's also a shame kind of the fact that we, you know, when I, <clears throat> so for my masters, for those of you who don't know, I did, um, it, it was on the liberation war, basically the liberation movement. It was a kind of like a focal point. So I interviewed uh, some freedom fighters in Bangladesh. And one of them that I interviewed, he gave a really, really poignant interview where he said that he was 16 or 17 and he left in the middle of the night to go join the war, like against his parents' wishes. And he said he did it and, and, and he spoke about his experience and, and he kind of really conveyed the sentiment that they really believed that there was that this was going to be a really special nation, that this was going to be like the start of something new and amazing and and that the kind of foundation of this country is going to be like liberty and equality and like freedom for all. <laughs> that's America's line. But like, we, you know, they really, really believe that about Bangladesh and that's really the image that they were striving for when they, they gave up their lives. And it's a shame to see that, you know, we're not quite there yet, but inshallah, we will be one day. Um, and also, also, especially kind of given the context of everything that's been going on in the world today with, you know, the genocide in Palestine and, and in Congo and, and you know, the, the, the fighting in Sudan <clears throat> and all over the world. It's really important for Bangladeshi people in particular to, to kind of be really aware and understand and, and stand in complete solidarity. I always say if it's one demographic of people who do not have the luxury of apoliticism, it is Bangladeshi people because of what we've been through. Um, we know what it is to be occupied. We know what it is to face genocide. We know what it is to face famine and war. But also we know what it is to be liberated. And, you know, all the radical imagination that we have, we, we stand in support with every struggling nation and people in the world. Backed. Yeah, that's my little... That's why Halima's wrapping her jersey today. Guys, it's from MH Designs Limited. So if anyone wants like a... It's really amazing quality, not gonna lie, it's mm. personalised. So if anyone wants jersey from a Bangladesh jersey, go to MH Designs Limited. I do have to say that... I've always thought Bangladesh has to be one of my favourite flags. Come on, really? No, no but yeah, because of the um, colours mainly. Just the Ooh. I really like the shade of green and the red. Like I'm a yeah, bit so jealous. This, this, this emblem here. Yeah. This was the original flag of Bangladesh. So it, originally okay. it was like green and then the red circle and then the actual map of Bangladesh in, in on it. gold, right? In, yeah, like yeah. in a yellowy gold. And then they got rid of it and it's just uh, green to represent like the lush fields and Islam, some people say, and red to represent the blood of the martyrs that fought for our independence and liberated our country. Yeah. Joy Bangla! I mean, I was just going off vibes, but yeah, that, yeah. That, I know the story behind it yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah, happy victory day, happy my fellow Bengalis. Moving on to next point of conversation. Halima, you're going on a little trip soon. Oh, guys, this is my my last studio show in a while. Yeah, well, I mean, it's both. Uh, we haven't said yet this is the last episode of the year. Mm. Um, stay tuned because we've got Kami K and Josh and Lucky joining us around half three. 
Oh um, my God, they, wow. they have texted me to say they're here and I said to them, like, um, I think you might want to stay in the car because it's very cold in the studio. Yeah, like, yeah but um, looking forward to that. But yeah, you're going away. I'm going away. Now, I'm leaving I, the country. I don't want to, like, out and misspeak here right. because I know that you are very particular about what goes out in terms of where you're yes. going ahead of it so I'm yes, going to let yes, you yes. say whatever you want to say about this I mean guys listen I'll keep, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going away for a few months I will be keeping up with the show okay I can say firstly I'm going to Bangladesh yeah and then I'm going to some really excited beautiful locations mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. You don't understand. You don't understand. Guys, I'm going to speak about myself because it's the end of the year. I'm going to do some reflections. And and at the start of this year, I remember this time last year, I tweeted, I will not see another winter in this country. I will not. My plan was to go to, to quit my job and go traveling for a year, guys. However... I have since been going through a bit of a transform transformative period. I'll be honest with you guys. I've been considering a lot of things, really deeply contemplating my purpose in life. Well, it's it 2016, the year of realizing things. For me, Making it's it 20, 2023. 2023, I'm yeah. just realizing bare things were to Kylie Jenner. <laughs> bare things. So I just had a few realizations and I I'm, I semi I semi kept my word, you know where I semi <laughs> I semi kept my word, where I I am I am gonna leave for the rest of winter. Next time I come back, inshallah, it will be like spring or at least Th- just thawing. Just, yeah, yeah, approaching spring. Um, and I'm just excited to see. And it's solo. I'm going for a few months, and I'm going completely solo, guys. Like I'm gonna be by myself, which is actually kind of scary because I know, like, the last conversation we had, Simran was talking about her solo holiday, and I have been. I've been. I've done like four countries solo, um, and it, but they were fine because it was like short city breaks. Yeah, I think this is the thing. Like, obviously, I'm not. I'm not like babying Simran or anything. Like, I think what I've never. Well, I've been solo. I've not been solo traveling before. What she did in terms of going to Barcelona by herself and everything, and like meeting people out there—that's mm. very commendable. Like, I wouldn't be able to like go to random strangers and meet them. Yeah. However, I was obviously like for five days to a European city, whereas yeah. you're going for multiple months to the other side of the world. Oh, the side, literally like, the other side of the world. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the furthest east I've ever gone, by the way. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, but it will be exciting, very exciting. I was, I'm not gonna lie, like I was very scared at first. I was very nervous. I was very like apprehensive. I feel like the older I've got, the more kind of, because when I was younger, when I was in uni, I was very, very independent. I used to do everything by myself. So but, Halim was telling me when she used to live in Coventry of all places and didn't have a mobile phone for like six months and would walk yeah, home seven in the middle months. of the night. Like. Yeah, yes, yeah. so I lived in COV City of Islas. <laughs> what a passaloo. I lived in COV, guys, and I didn't have a phone for seven months and I lived right in the city center. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. My building got robbed bare times and I will just be walking around. My point is, I, I was extremely independent when I was at uni. I did everything by myself. Um, but then recently, over the past couple of years, like I've become a lot more like dependent on other people, I feel like. Um, I, I kind of struggle to do things by myself. I struggle to be by myself. And initially going on this trip, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of scared. I was really nervous. I was really apprehensive. I was not knowing what I'm letting myself into. And I still don't. But then I kind of learned to just take it in my stride. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I'm not going to lie. At first, I was I was trying to get bare people coming to come with me. I was asking everyone, like, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. But now it's kind of like, 
I am taking it in my stride. I'm like, I still don't know what is what I what is you know gonna be there for me. But I have this gut feeling that I just need to go, and that it's gonna be transformative for me, and that whatever it is, it's gonna be good, you know. And that I'm really opening myself up to that experience and to to learning whatever that experience is gonna teach me about myself. You know, I'm gonna sit here and wait for those revelations to unfurl. Jesus. For those Jesus. of you that can hear that, I do have to apologise. Um, whoever decided to set up the interior of Pi Radio very, very intelligently decided <laughs> to put the radio studio right next to the recording studio. <laughs> Henceforth, whenever there is anyone deciding to record something, usually you can hear it next door. Yeah. Now, both myself and Halima have separately gone next door and told them to turn it down, <laughs> which, to be fair to them, they have done, but obviously... Not enough. Yeah. <laughs> So, I can only apologise. you're so, like, British. Passive-aggressive. You're so passive-aggressive British. It's insane. It's crazy. But anyways, yeah, that's the noise, guys. Oh, wow, guys. Carlos has just parked on the wall. <laughs> I've never met anyone more passive-aggressive. Oh, God, it's worked. For now. For now. Yeah. Anyways, that's the noise, guys. Watch Don't them. mind We're going to get rushed in a second. Oh, 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 come on. Try it. <laughs> have a, have a but you know why? That's why when I'd already been, I was like, well, play. I was like, I sent you to do it because I was like, I know you were like... Yeah, I'm gagging for right, guys. Clearly yeah, I'm good for way. a fight any time right. of the day. Have they turn it louder. Oh, it's fine. Whatever, guys. <sighs> Just ignore it. Anyways, back to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I am... I am... Listen, guys, 2024... I feel like it's going to be life-changing for me, inshallah. I've never actually had this feeling before about my life. So let's go. How do you feel about the end of the year, Carlos? It's gone by so quickly. And it's I think ridiculous, the, the, right? The other thing is me and Mianka always had a six months, like a couple of weeks back. And the fact that it's been six months that I've been married, like that time has gone by. Like, Don't that, lie like, to me. Do yeah. not lie to me. It's been six months that you've been married. The wedding was, oh More my, that now. is sickening. Yeah. That is sickening. You know what? Time is just such an, a funny concept and it just gets more and more peculiar as you age. It's, it feels like it was yesterday, but it also feels like it was quite a while ago. Like when I think back to the start of this year, I started this time last year, was I in America? Like I started this year in America. Yeah. And that feels like it was so long ago. This year, like, uh, honestly, 2024, I'm kind of hoping... Like it was quiet. I'm just hoping that 2024 is just quiet. Not, not that much. Like, really? Just... Hell no. Hell no. I'm, guys, big things 2024 for me, for you, for Mango yeah, Masala. Yeah, yeah, but like... In a, smooth, yeah, smooth, smooth. You mean it's smooth? Non, non, yeah. No, no, God, hur- no listen, hurdles, please. God, strike me off of your strongest soldiers list for 2024. Yeah. Get me off that list, God, and put me on the bounties and blessings lists. Yeah. I mean. But on the subject of traveling, I think you did want to briefly touch on upon as well. Um, I don't know if this is in relation Ooh, to what yeah. you're doing. But um, what are you vibing to the music next door? No, I'm no. just, I'm kind of excited today. I don't know, I'm in a very excitable <laughs> mood today, guys. The ADHD is really presenting itself. Yeah, <laughs> like... I'm in a very excitable mood. <laughs> um, you wanted to talk about the topic of fear of experiencing racism when yes. travelling. Yes, I was such a funny, like, these are what I think about when I, like, go to sleep. She like, messaged us at three in the morning on a chat one day, like, just like, I want to talk about this. I was like, okay. And then I just it. turned my phone off and, like, just rolled over. Um, do you know what? Like, you know, I was talking about so this is a bit of a side note. You know, what I just remembered, like, 
you know how I talk about like struggling to sleep and like ADHD and stuff. This was like a few weeks ago, maybe a fortnight ago. I was like r- really tired and I really wanted to sleep, but I and I and I'm lying down and my eyes are closed and I'm ready to sleep, but my mind, I couldn't sleep. I wasn't letting myself self sleep. Do you know why? Because I was self testing my memorization of world maps. You know what the thing is though. I feel like, was this not triggered by, like, the whole flag thing of when it was up here and then I, I saw you wandering around oh, no, no, outside? I'm, obsessed. I'm like, obsessed with... Oh, do you not know this about me? Well, no, I I, I just saw... The, there were loads of flags here on Black History Month, like, outside Pirate Radio, and I saw Halima, like, wandering around, like... Yeah, guys, maybe... Maybe the single most neurodivergent thing about me is how obsessed I am with maps and flags obsessed as in like mm. i remember you know how i just said I, w- I was in america this time last year i remember on my flight to america it was like a seven hour flight i sat there for the like for, for half of the flight i slept for the other half of the flight i sat there with you know when you fly on the screen you have the globe yeah i sat there memorizing the globe guys <laughs> and i already have the globe memorized but i was testing myself people don't like sitting next to me on flights where we have screens because i'll bet i'll make them like, me and my sister, to this day, my 25-year-old sister, the biggest fight we ever had was we were flying back from South Africa and I wanted her, play a, I wanted her to play a geography game with me and she didn't want to and we both cried. Wow. <laughs> I literally was like, you never play with me. How old were you? <laughs> this was last year. This For was last sake. summer. <sighs> no, but I just... Anyways, like I said, it is like genuinely the most neurodivergent thing about me. I'm just obsessed. I literally stay awake at like 3 a.m. on, um, what do you call it? The the thingy game. GeoGuessr. All kinds of apps, guys. I only have one type of game on my phone and it's all geography quizzes. Oh, right. Anyone thinks that they to... can beat me, challenge me right now. We challenge need to me. go back onto topic Topic, here. so yeah, that's Experiencing like, yeah, anyways. racism while traveling. We've got five or so minutes okay oh my god guys so basically i wanted to come on here today to talk about the fear of experience the fear of experiencing racism while traveling because obviously as non-white people um more time when we travel or like initially when you start to travel it will be like europe right because it's close it's nearby it's cheap whatever um um so but obviously as non-white people you always have that fear of like racism not gonna lie especially certain countries you know the further east and the further north you go of europe you're kind of very scared i'm not even gonna lie actually all all corners of europe (laughs) you Mm. get scared and i see a lot of people talk about how actually the fear of racism stops them from going to certain places and i've never i've i don't know and then it just got me thinking and it's like for me personally yeah it's like I'm, I always have that awareness. I always have that awareness of the fact that I am a like brown woman and that I am always going to be subject to some kind of racism basically anywhere in Europe, right? Um, but I have never really let that stop me. I think what it is is that I adjusted my mentality to not go to places for hospitality, hospitality and for like kind of the people. You know, like, so if I pick a destination or, or like somewhere to go on holiday in Europe, 
maybe if you were white, some people might be drawn to a country because they're like, oh, they're really hospitable over there. The people are really lovely over there. For me, that's never a consideration in my mind when I think about holidaying in Europe. I never, ever, ever go anywhere where I think like, oh, I've heard these people are really hospitable because more time, it, I don't think it will apply to me as a non-white person. Um, I just go based on like history, culture, landscape, just all the other reasons, how cheap it is. <laughs> just for all the other reasons, that's, that's why I'll go. Um, and for the most part, you know, to be completely honest with you, it has been okay. Like, obviously, there are instances of racism that you face, but it's also no different to really instances of racism that you face living in the UK. Yeah. You know, I think that being a non-white person growing up in the UK, you acclimatize from from very young to a certain level of racism, you know? And, and once you kind of are acclimatized to that and you know how to deal with that... The rest of Europe is just not that deep, I think, to me, um, because I've personally not had bad, kind of really overwhelmingly negative experiences. Maybe apart from Bulgaria, my goodness, if I start talking about that country. I'm just going to say this. I, I listen, I've I've been to Ukraine. I've been to Latvia, Lithuania, Serbia. Like I've been to the countries in Europe that people really perceive to be really, really like racist right and really unsafe for non-white people and i've been to those and i'm talking when i say that i mean i'm talking about countries that have a bit more of a distinct kind of white nationalist issue right like kind of that's just objectively i've been to those countries and it's been completely fine ukraine was surprisingly like great like, not gonna lie, I didn't have a single... Actually, to tell a lie, there was one instance where we did get turned away from a restaurant and, like, you could see it was not full, but don't really care. But other than that, it was great. And, like, when I went to Ukraine, it was International Women's Day and over there, it's a really big thing. So, like, people were giving me roses on the street. So, yeah, surprisingly, that was fine, actually. Bulgaria! Bulgaria, my goodness. I'm not gonna say what I want to say on air because... They will ban me from that country, but my I did not have a. That was the first. You know, guys, I was fighting. I was fighting with people, and this was at a time in my life where I said, "God, I will not fight anymore. God, I will never beef people anymore." When did that time end? <laughs> like, when when was that time? Seriously, like earlier this year, earlier this after Ramadan, I was like, "I'm turning a new leaf. I'm not going to be beefing people anymore. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be collected. I'm not going to give in to my anger." I went to Bulgaria. I had like three fights in three days. One woman was threatening to call the police on me. I had to tell her, call them. I even beg you, call them. Them men are mannerless. I'm sorry, they are mannerless, in my opinion. I just had really awful experiences with them. Like every, There was no, like, even in Europe, you know, even though I was saying that you go and you don't really expect hospita- hospitality, like every now and again, you'll get someone that will smile at you. Do you know what I mean? These people were like, I'm not going to, I have never, ever, ever personally experienced such a lack of manners. So unanimously embedded into a national character, in my opinion. And I will say one thing, another thing as well, Bosnia, Bosnia, I will cut out my heart and give it to you, Bosnia. I will, Bosnia, if you ever go to war, I will join. I will conscript for your army, Bosnia. I love Bosnia. And it's not lost on me that it is a, a majority Muslim country. The hospitality that I experienced in Bosnia, my goodness, I never spared it. I never spared it. It was amazing. Bosnian people, listen, if anyone is listening, I'm doing, the PR I'm doing for Bosnia right now is crazy. If anyone has not been, I implore you to go to Bosnia. 
best place genuinely beautiful stunning scenery like your eyes cannot believe what you are seeing just gorgeous cheap as hell the people are just unbelievably nice like they are just lovely lovely i'll tell you just one anecdote when i was in bosnia i crossed the border to croatia for like an overnight stay to dubrovnik and obviously on the way back you cross the you have to cross the Croatian checkpoint and then like literally 30 seconds later it's the Bosnian checkpoint. We crossed the Croatian checkpoint. They were cold, hostile, just, you know, like how every normal person knows how terrified you are of like border control. Me, my heart will be doing pitter-patter any border control I'm at. Mm. So it was just a typical experience. They weren't friendly, whatever. You get to the Bosnian one, literally 30 seconds later, so lovely, so kind, so welcoming, so warm. Guys, go to Bosnia, man. Go to Bosnia, everyone. Yeah. I love them. But anyways, that's my experience. Ultimately, what I'm trying to say is... And also, I know that there are different forms of racism. Like, I'm a brown woman. I know for black people, that's a different fear of anti-blackness. I will say, though, all the countries that I've mentioned, apart from Serbia, I went with a black person. So, it was also fine. Like, mm. you know, like, from that experience, from what I experienced as well with you know, going with a black person, um, that was not, it was not a problem, yeah. you know? So I would say, guys, if there is somewhere that you do actually really want to go and you're afraid, like, it's going to be racist, like, just go anyway. As If you know how to fight, you're calm. That's what I say. I say I'm not scared because I know how to fight. So if you know how to fight, you're good. Just go. On that note, I feel like, um, like you're saying about Europe especially, um, I remember Simran as well obviously was saying that when she was in um, Barcelona, a lot of people thought that she was Spanish. I feel yeah. like you, you with your like darker skin have definitely a different experience, experience to Simran and I obviously have a different experience to both of you as well. Yeah. I think for that reason, I think because I can probably assimilate a lot more into like various European... Demographics. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think my main fear while traveling is like not limited to but it's mainly in terms of like the airport and i remember like one time oh. in one time in particular what and again like similar to like border control it was actually like on the way back from india i think i was kind of like just I, it was like the same year that the manchester arena Bombings, attack happened yeah. i think i was very much like aware and also i'd been stop and search the part life as well and i was just very annoyed about everything at that time yeah. and like um on the way back from india um because uh, I got like like stopped like a couple of times and then literally got back to Manchester Airport, had a luggage, and then I got stopped going out and was asked like, "Where have you come from? Who are, yeah. you, who are you with?" Like, and I had to be like, "I'm with like my like at that time like Your partner and sister." Like, yeah. Um, and I remember like it is like people don't really understand it to the point that like it was it yeah, was 100. a ve- it was a very turning like turning point experience for me like especially because like i won't name name them but like there was one white member of my family that i was moaning to about and they just didn't get it i think especially in light of the whole arena attack they were like oh but like if that's gonna stop an attack then like it's fine but i was just like why don't you care like listen i can i can speak on this for days i can speak on this we have one minute but go but like especially not just as a brown woman but as a like a muslim name like guys you know what i'll just say one thing i'll just say one thing i saw a, there was a, a video going viral the other day it's actually uh, disgusting i think it's this white american man 
he basically takes on some cooking equipment onto a plane to cook his own food on the plane and it's like this huge battery and he even says when he's filming it he's like oh it looks like a bomb oh i wonder if i'll get stopped nothing happens to him you know what it made me think of by the way i've never ever ever gone through like um border control like with me or my family members without like being stopped or anything like that um every single time it's it's random search we get stopped whatever um but it reminded me of a particular instance with my cousin who's a hijabi this was a few years ago and we got stopped at manchester airport to the point where we nearly missed our flight because they said there were traces of explosives this is the quote quote they said traces of explosives right my hijabi cousin They're holding us up to the point where we're nearly missing our flight. They did a thorough check. Do you know what it was, Carlos? What? It was makeup setting spray. Ah, yes. The famous makeup makeup setting setting explosive set. Bro, if if I wasn't nearly missing my flight, the way I would have done it, I would have asked the guy, you tell me what ingredient it is that in this makeup setting spray that is in common with TNT. I beg you tell me right now what it is that made you think it was... Guys, anyways, like I said, I saw that video of that man and I just, and I, it was just dawned on me like we really live in different realities. Mm. There really are two Britons, guys. Two Britons, anyways. Yeah. Final point of conversation before we chat to, um, just gonna refer to them as the Manchester crew because that's ultimately what they are. Joash, Callie Kane, Lucky. Um, wanted to talk about one of the latest things that's gone in Palestine. I'm obviously aware as well that given that we're gonna have a bit of a break mm. over Christmas, mm. things might have changed however much like by the time that we start talking about it again but one of the most recent things i don't know if you've seen this halima but it's actually to do with some of the hostages um so three israeli hostages actually have been confirmed to have been killed and the the idf have confirmed this by the idf they've come out and said that they actually themselves shot at them um after misidentifying them as a threat yeah now the defense that i think some people have given is that um hamas dresses as civilians therefore that they misinterpreted them to be hamas oh what a generous Uh, what a generous and naive however it then makes you think that like palestinians also dress as civilians so like well where was that line going to be drawn also it's re it's come out within the last couple of hours that then the Israeli military have, have confirmed this as well. Mm-hmm. The hostages were actually holding white cloth on a stick That's when crazy. they were shot at. There's so many, there's just this, the levels to this yeah. is insane. Firstly, the fact that the IDF themselves are just confirming yeah. it. Like, sorry, go on. And I, no, no, I mean, also, like, obviously, the fact that, like, um, condolences go out to the families of these hostages that have been waiting but for this like is months the con- yeah, end. This is like, the conversation that we've been having where, yeah. we, where we're, we're saying that the IDF do not care about their own hostages from, from when we've had reports of they the fact that they've open-fired on their own people to the fact that they've, you know, denied hostage exchanges numerous times. They don't care. Like, it paints a very, very clear picture that they do not care. It, but it, what's it, really striking to me in this, and the, and the thing that I really want to focus on this is that we are now, what is this, two months into it? Over two yeah, months. Yeah, over two and a half. Really. Two and a half. Uh, yeah, 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 over two and a half. October 7th, it's now December 16th. We are now over two months into this kind of bombardment and this, this genocide, right? And I want to kind of cast our minds back to the very beginning where we were debating and we were so horrified at the idea of like, you know, them bombing a, ho- you know, the IDF bombing a hospital. You know, there was a whole hoo-ha and kerfuffle with the IDF denying it wasn't us, it was Hamas, because they know how uniquely evil and harrowing it is. 
Fast forward now, two, two, nearly two and a half months later, 20 odd hospitals have been bombed. The, the kind of metrics for, for what is allowed and what isn't allowed and what is acceptable and what is kind of uniquely harrowing, as I put it, mm. have shifted so much to the point where it now feels as though there is no semblance of, of any international law being up, upheld. There wasn't nah. anyway, but now it's like there's not even the pretense of and it's it. It's the fact that now that um, obviously we're a couple months in and a couple of countries have started, started to be like, oh, actually, I don't think we want to be associated with this anymore. Like it's even for them, it's getting a bit much sort of thing. Yeah. And you've got the fact that Israel has come out and said that they will continue as they are with or without like, Support, foreign yeah. support whatever this particular situation though it does get worse the fact that obviously these three hostages it they were um it's thought that they have either escaped or were have been abandoned they were approaching members of the idf waving a white flag they were shot at and i think two were killed on the spot one of them actually god. survived the initial impact and oh, cried yeah. out for help oh, god. what do they do shoot him again, again and, yeah. and kill them yeah. the idea of command said that this is and repeatedly said this is against their rules of engagement but, but everything <laughs> yeah. you have done should be against any rule of engagement of any army all i'm gonna say is if they can do this to their own people right mm. Imagine what they're doing to the Palestinians. Exactly. Imagine what they're doing to the Gazans. And it's the fact as well that um, this whole rule of in- rules of engagement thing, basically it's not in their protocol. It's not like what they're meant to do. But I'm like, <laughs> I've seen so many like silly TikTok videos of members of the IDF like dancing around and throwing stuff and just acting like, not not acting like what you would expect an army. They, they're very clearly like from those videos at least are uh-huh. not doing anything productive and are like taking the mickey for need of a better word and not doing anything. Well, I'm like, if that's like what they're doing in general, then how can you expect them to actually be following there's it? No, like, yeah, there's, there's like, there's no humanity at all that mm. we have seen from like the Israeli side, not from their militants and not from their civilians either. Like, no. I'm sorry, like we have seen, I remember when we first started talking about this and we would have to be so careful to tiptoe around, around seeing certain things because, you know, we don't want to fall into the kind of scope of accusation, but things are so blatant now where we are, have seen this absolute barrage of like social media content from israeli non-militant israeli civilians really coming out and just mocking saying the more asinine kind of things with regards to palestinians and it's just i don't know i just the world words failed me you know there is no kind of there is no combination of 26 letters of the alphabet that can really Mm. accurately convey the depravity that we have seen over the past two months and i just hope that the next time we were on air and we come to speak about this that we see a liberated Palestine. You know, I don't know what it will take, but I, I, like I said last week, we just have to keep hoping and praying for it. Mm. I mean, the final thing to say on this as well is the fact that literally one of the hostages, like, obviously, um, rest in peace to them, but the fact that makes it even more ludicrous. One of the hostages is very visibly very ginger, and I'm mm-hmm. just kind of like... Obviously, you get, like, Palestinian. There are going to be Palestinians that obviously have, like, slightly red hair, whatever. Mm. But Ginger, I think that's much more likely to be an Israeli person. And regardless of that as well, they are very likely going to stand out. You know what I mean? If you see mm. someone in the distance, they've got bright red hair, you can tell that. Guys, You're telling got, me forget, that, yeah. forget about if they're Israeli or Palestinian. Let's even talk on a human level. They've got a white flag. Mm. White flag from the beginning of time, a white flag in any in any context of all means surrender. Yeah. 
you know. And after that, you shot them. They've then the person that survived has then cried out for help, and yeah. you shot them again. Yeah, it just keeps getting worse and worse. And every time, every single time, you think like this. For me personally, over the last two months, as as a bystander, as as, as someone watching, has just been one big experiment on how far can Israel take it to a, to a p- point where I couldn't have imagined that they would take it. You know. No, I just hope that it doesn't go any further. Yeah, of but, course, of course, of course. Yeah. Like I said, inshallah, life. You know, the next time we pick this up, that. It's good. It's good progress, you know. Inshallah. Yes, guys. What's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio, <laughs> South Asian so show. Why am so low down? I'm like having to like crane my neck to talk into the mic, guys. You were saying it's a power dynamic, and you're not wrong. To be fair, Carlos. Finally getting what I wanted all this time. I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. Well, you know, we it can means more to you no. than it means to me. I'll well, let you have it. Do you say respect your elders? So maybe you should be here. To be fair, I am older. Yeah. I am older than you, Carlos. Anyway, we're now joined in the studio by Joe Ashlucky and Kami Kane. How are you guys doing? Boom! We're yes, good. Yes. How are you? Radio. And all the mics are working. All the Hooray. mics are working. Thank check, God, check. no te- technical issues. We yeah. did go through it for 40 minutes at the start of the show, to be fair. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm all right. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Just dropped the music. You know how it is. Just been yeah. busy, active, trying to promote it and stuff. I mean, that's going to be my first question, actually, because obviously... Um, it was a similar time this year you guys ju- dropped joint release I'm a proper overthinker when it comes to my sound so like I've just been you know taking my time just making stuff just seeing what works trying to come up with new stuff just like just really focusing on my sound that kind of thing No, you know what it is you know what it is we have been working behind the scenes we've got so many songs that need releasing we purposely took these few months out since uh, Duvasti <laughs> because We'd rather have a bank of about 20 songs ready and to drop them like one after another instead yeah. of, you know, just dropping momentum. one. And then you, you, you need that momentum. So yeah. sometimes it's good to have a little break because mm. at the start, like you're saying, it, as soon as we come back on the scene and, you know, come on the scene, we're just dropping one after another after You've another. You've been cooking. You been might have cooking. been quiet, but you were cooking. We were cooking. Okay. you got to stay consistent behind the scene and we've got to keep the levels high. So yeah. uh-huh. we've always been cooking behind the scenes, but we just can't drop them levels now. But 2024, what 20... we're going to see consistency in release. Honestly, okay. like, we've been having meetings like behind the scenes and we've got a plan for 2024. That's what mm-hmm. we've been busy doing the, okay. these past few months. So in the next year... Manchester, you're gonna be proud of us. Okay, no, I mean, we already exciting. Are, uh, to be fair, no, was, I was saying before, like we do think of you guys as like the Manchester crew. No, no, and we yeah, think Carlos of, has been referring to you guys as the Manchester crew. No, and honestly, we think of Mango Masala as home. You know, oh, coming here is like home. Oh, that's so sweet. You guys Thank like you guys. always show us love. And, oh, you know, even if you, you rang us so like two, three in the morning for a coffee, like I wouldn't <laughs> say, I, I would, I would say no to you guys. You get oh, me? Oh no, we appreciate that. We really nah. appreciate Latest release, um, Dr. Java. Tell us how it came about. To be fair, you know what? The process was similar to like Dovasti and like other songs that we've gone like. We've just jammed together, just sat down, and we've all like just given ideas, bounced off each other. I might sing a melody, Camille will write it, and then like Lucky will sing it, stuff like that. So it's just very much like a joint effort. I think that song we created about the same time we did Dovasti as well, wasn't it? Yeah, we completed written it and everything, yeah. but then we re-recorded it and stuff, you know, yeah. later. 
I yeah. think that's a really nice like working relationship though, like where you guys because I think with artists when you're when you're collabing with other artists, it's really important to have chemistry because you can you, you have some tracks where it's kind of like two two or more artists and you can tell like it's just yeah, not yeah. really meshing like that. It's like me personally as well, like I prefer recording with the crew around because mm. yeah, yeah. you want everyone's input and it's just the extra boost and energy everyone brings into the room yeah, when you're recording course, you alone know, it's not throughout the, the years like, I've sat with many different people and you can't vibe with everyone yeah no that's what it is like, it's, everyone it's, it's has organic egos, right yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah this is just we all listen to each other and we just go with the flow and this is what you get sure yeah. obviously two of us do us a lot more like garage yeah. vibes and I think coming in obviously with them um, um, Bonjour too as well, like we met some tricks and everything, that was very garish. 2022 is very garish. This is more of like an Afro Desi vibe, like was there any thinking behind that or was it like just came about like 100%, that? 100%, uh, we love to be versatile, you know. Mm. I told you this is the first time we come, we've got different flavours of mm. different beats. We've got R&B, we've got loads of hip hop to come yet. Yeah. And then we've got garage and then Afro beats. You might even hear us on like dance music soon. Yeah, yeah, I think that's sick though, you know, because that's also showing the versatility of you guys, but of like this yeah, music yeah, as 100%. well. So that's 100%. why from the start, purposely, we've not set ourselves to one genre. So mm. nobody can categorize us as these are the heartbreak guys or something like that. <laughs> oh, we've, been, we've been versatile. Yeah. So it's like Drake, look at Drake. He's shown that he can jump on any beat and it can be a banger. We don't want to put ourselves in a box. In We'd a rather box, be outside yeah. the box. For sure. The music video as well, like, I'm guessing that's not the UK. Or is it? We could turn a pond into a sea. <laughs> no, that is no, the UK. It was the UK. It yeah. is? Yeah, yeah. When was that shot? You need to tell me. Because <laughs> see me. Three, it's not the same UK that I'm living in. It was in. summertime. It was oh, summertime. Okay. No, because I was like, this is surely too sunny to be the UK. Yeah, yeah no, it, was, it was shot in the summer. Fair. Like we said, you know, we've been working behind the scenes and everything that we've done in the past few months is coming to play now, so... Yeah. Sure. Um, that's dropping this week as well as in the music yeah, video. Yeah, next week. Yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Cool. What's reception to the track been like so far? Obviously, it's only come out on streaming yesterday, but... It's been great, yeah. A lot of people have... Like, you know, this is different, you know, mm. you didn't yeah. expect it. And obviously you've spoken as well about how you've got, like, tracks lined up for 2024 in terms of, I presume that means in terms of you guys as a collective. Um, what about you guys in terms of your own solo careers as well? Is that going on at the same time? Anytime we link up together, we'll always come up with something. Mm. Whether we've come to work or not, we'll always come up with something. We've always got an idea there. And then we're always working behind the scenes as well on our own stuff. Yeah, remember when I told stuff. you we like the Avengers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will always be individual This will always be a thing. This will always be a thing. Yeah. And Jawash has got he'll tell you himself how much he's got lined up. Yeah. Go on, tell I mean, us. I, as a producer, I think just naturally I'm just working on music every day. Like just mm. whether it's like eight bar loops, whether it's a melody idea, but mm. yeah. yeah. It's like even on some songs where like for me, where it's just a solo the beats made by Joash yeah. or Kame's helped on the lyrics or on the composition so we're always still working together regardless sure. and even out of this line I'm working with people internationally as well so I'm gonna not give names yet but I've got a few we'll international see. features we'll coming soon as well okay sure. do you guys think you'll do maybe like a extended like long form 
project together? Like to be honest, if we wanted to, we could probably deliver an EP together right now. We've yeah, got that many tracks yeah. between yeah. us together, we could probably do that right what now. What do you think? Do you think we should drop like an EP or album? I think just, you should. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I know, I really do think you yeah. should because I think like singles are great, music videos are great, but like a body of work is its own thing and 100%. it speaks to its own thing, you know? Mm. So, I mean, we want the videos as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, the yeah. EP will come with a... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sick. But yeah. yeah, I've always wanted to make an album with these guys and I think we probably will. For sure. That's good to hear. I mean, I forgot to say as well, congrats, Josh, since we last spoke, you've graduated. Oh, yeah, congratulations! <laughs> yeah, from a selfish perspective as well, I'm like, presumably that means more time for music now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you guys, so are you doing that full-time now? Or? Yeah, pretty much full-time, I guess. Like, mm. yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So... Obviously, beside yourselves, who you say like as well, you're working with people internationally. Who would you want to work with if you could work with anyone? That's something that isn't currently lined up in the pipeline. International artists like mainstream, you know, Jasmine Sandler's. I always wanted to work with Sidhu, rest in peace. Like yeah. I was very gutted when he <coughs> passed away. I was a big fan. Mm. I always wanted to do something with him. I want to work with someone like Travis Scott, yeah. D Block yeah. Europe, Central C, yeah. and. Yeah. In the uh, DC industry, someone like Gary Sandu, hands up. I'd say like Chris Brown, Drake, um, even like I listen to a lot of Afrobeats and stuff, so like people like Lil J, Burner Boy, mm-hmm. even Tyler. Yeah. And that's the thing as well, I think Sidhu set levels to that where he's shown that it is possible for right, yeah. DC music to go into the mainstream market. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, like, we see it in every single genre. I mean, it was literally, like, this week, I think, um, Tiesto has done a yeah. Coronel Jula, like, remix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah. The doors are open. It's 100%. Yeah. It's like, it's even such look at Dilji, he performed at Couture last year. Yeah. So. yeah. No, I think, such an exciting yeah. time, because it's not kind of like the... T- it's not even, like, the <clears throat> typical, like, American and, like, DC. Yeah. It's even, like, Afro beats that we're getting in Everything. now. Like... It's really gone international, no, you know, like, which, which is such, open. yeah, which must be really exciting for you guys as like, you know, Desi artists. 100% I think it's there for the taking, so why not take yeah, your chances? Yeah, and it speaks to like a really kind of unique, like, identity perspective as well, because when we first started our show, our thing was like, okay, we are Desi people, but we don't just want to be doing Desi music, because we also listen to like hip-hop, R&B, Afrobeats, mm. all of these things. So for you guys, obviously, like, you do make a lot of Desi music, you are Desi people, but it's nice to also show, like you said before, what genres that you could do, but also kind of other musical influences that you've had and that actually you can now go and make your mark in those genres as well, you know? Yeah, 100%. So, sure. Very well, From the UK, I want to see a lot more of, you know, work by Ezu. Mm. Oh, okay. What he's doing, what he's yeah. doing, like, I highly rate him. Sure. There's not many people in the UK, like Zack Knight and Ezu, them two people yeah. are making the right moves from the UK. I suppose it must have been really cool then, obviously those are the two names you mentioned and those oh, are the yeah. two names that were obviously at the event back yeah, in yeah, July Yeah, we performed well. alongside with them and you know what, they're sick. Yeah. They're sick. Did you get, like, great people and even performance wise, top people. Yeah. yeah. Did you get a chance to like properly speak to them like, behind the scenes and stuff and like chat about like anything we didn't really get to chat much but we bumped into each other and we let on and stuff for sure so, but we, it wasn't really a scene for us to sit back and chat because <coughs> they're getting ready to perform yeah you know just as you're getting ready to perform you gotta like sure. pre-rehearse it and stuff you know yeah so everyone's in their own world well, everyone's in their own box in the own zone you're getting into that zone yeah, to yeah. shut it down 
Yeah. What would you say has been your favourite performance, either solo or together, to date? Probably Daisy Factory. Probably yeah. Daisy Factory yeah. was so, awesome. Like We performed live. Yeah, the yeah, full the, set was live, from the music you know, to the vocals, literally the whole set, yeah. everything was live. Guitar player, bass player, piano player, everything, it was... Sure. I suppose, <laughs> I suppose when like you've got like Sam like, organising yeah, and yeah, everything, 100%. it means you've got like the means to kind of decide yeah, how Sam, it's yeah. like, Thanks yeah. to Sam, like, he's our backbone right now, you know. Sure. All the hard work he's putting in, what not everyone can see, but yeah. he's giving us that time to focus on the music and he's doing all the nitty-gritty behind the scenes you know for sure so big up sam yeah up sam yeah bangladeshi as well is he I yeah know that. oh yeah. Come you're on. bangladeshi yeah. Come on. <laughs> um how, how i've got a question how do you guys like obviously you are distinctly like you know we call you guys a manchester crew like what do you guys see as happening in the kind of Manchester Desi industry because we talk so much that's another thing that we really like to pride ourselves on because we talk so much about how much so much of the Desi music industry is very London focused yeah. and it's really nice to have something that's very distinctly northern distinctly mm. Mancunian what does that mean to you and where do you, how do you see that aspect of your guys' identity and music growing? Yeah, We want to be the face of Manchester yeah. as well as the UK like I said right now Ezu and Zack Knight are the only two people that make an international scale level yeah, of yeah, music. Yeah. There's a lot of artists in the UK, yeah. but for like personally, I feel like they're just catering for the UK. Well, you want to represent. <clears throat> you want to obviously be internationally. You want to be international. But you want to be rapping. Hundred percent. You want to be doing both in it. But you want to be rapping the Olympics on okay, yeah. sick, sick, sick. Can you tell us anything about these tracks that are coming up? Sorry, like I, I want to know. Yeah, we, we <laughs> I've been, I've been deprived. How, how much time have we got? We got, we haven't got much time. That's how much songs we've got. Like, just Joash himself, he's probably got twenty solo songs. Oh. Lucky's got about 10, 15 sitting there. I've got about about yeah. the same. Okay. And together, we've got. Together, we've got about. I'd say we've got about 10, 11 together. So oh, that's far. more than enough for an album. This is what I mean. Yeah. Like, we, we actually put a band on making new music. Yeah, yeah. We just want to <laughs> finish <laughs> them on. Just, like, we just want to the finish them, them on, get them out, and then we, we're not starting no more. Do you have projects. anything seasonal? Like, do you have stuff that you're maybe saving for like summer? You've got yeah, some summer bands. Yeah, to be honest with you, if you're honest. We have some love songs, Valentine's like, Day is coming up. We've got some heartbreak songs coming Heartbreak songs. That's in the work. Some love ballads, perhaps. We've got some house music for you. Music. House music, that's interesting. Yeah, I can't wait. It's for like that even one. with this one, like we shot the video in summer. Originally, it was planned to drop it in the summer, but yeah. we, we don't really get one. <laughs> that's yeah. get so, exactly. So we thought, if we yard this, we'll try next year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. But we dropped like, in the winter next summer. Instead. We've already got songs there lined up. Yeah. Uh, you must have shot the music video on the one day of summer that we actually had, to be honest. Like, yeah. again, I still can't believe that that's actually in the UK. Like, until Basically, now. every single week we come on this show and we talk about how much we hate the UK weather. Yeah. That's why we're, like, flabbergasted. Nah, I was honestly really sad. Like, they all hopped on a plane and went somewhere. And I was like, that's really cool. <laughs> like, make international music. Would you do that? Just managed you that, that is, it is in the plans, hopefully, for yeah. next year. So, let's see. Yeah. No. Now something's come to my head. Like, are you them people that complain in the winter, but when it's really hot, you complain? No, about... that's Carlos. That's Carlos. <laughs> Me, see, you, I... I will never in my life complain about the sun. No, that's Carlos. See, I no. See, I'm the opposite. I think I like. You see, I'm here in shorts. I can manage this. I'm fine. Like. That's thing. I, I can't handle yeah. the cold. I cannot. Well, I prefer the cold over the. Hot oh, that's heat. crazy. 
Yeah. That's crazy. I just you think it's more, it's more manageable. Like, yeah, you, like, can, you can prepare no, for it. Like, look, I've got my woolly hat on nah, and that, but if, nah, it, nah, if it's nah, too nah. hot... It's depressing, guys. It's it dark. is depressing. It's it is. You know, she's literally talking about she's literally going away for like the whole of like January, February time just to avoid. I'm going away for like two, three months because I can't. I'm not. I can't be here for this winter. Listen, the winter in this country can kill. That one can kill. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's You're like going for three months. I'm getting out of here. Mate. Where are you going? I'm going. Or I'm not saying on air. I'll tell you afterwards. You can ask oh, me afterwards. Okay. I'm very like I'm very scared of like Nazar, you know. Okay. So I don't really say. So things in on case it. it don't happen. No, yeah. no I've booked everything, but no, I'm no. just like, you know, like people like um, post on social media when they go on holiday. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. I just think like I will never do that. Like for for me to tell you where I'm going and then for the plane to fall out the sky, that's what will happen. <laughs> In my head, I think that's what will happen. So I just. Listen, you'll just see me with like a geo tag in Mexico, and I'm, I'm one of them ones. Like, I don't... Then it used to be a time when everyone just used to get on with things and in private be happy, but now it's all about posting. Yeah, I mean, I'm not averse to that. I don't, I don't, I'm not bothered yeah, not by bad, that. But, but just beforehand, because I'm scared of Nuzzer. Nuzzer is real, guys. It is real. It's real. It's real. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I just keep it. Keep it. But basically, yeah, no, I'm, I'm leaving because I can't handle the cold. I mean, on that note, besides music, any of you guys got any personal plans for 2024? Any goals? Anything? New Year's resolutions? Mm. Yeah, I want to be a millionaire. Uh, <laughs> Turn that to the wrong person. Oh, millionaire is my billionaire now. Billionaire. Uh, Want to be bringing Andrew Tate with me? Yeah. Oh make, no! Make him, my, make him my friend and bring no, him down. No, 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 no. We're scared of her name on this show. Well, I'm so triggered. The last time we spoke about that man on this show. Jesus. Yeah, TikTok did not enjoy it. <laughs> what about you guys? Any personal goals? Just to smash music, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think keep this year consistent. Keep the levels high and yeah. keep dropping sure. bangers. So if people do want to keep up to date with your latest tracks and music, videos, everything, where's the best place for them to find you? So you can find me on Insta, joash.music, J-O-A-S-H.music. Same here, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok as Lucky Music. Yeah, find me everywhere, Kami Kane Music. Add me on Snap, Kami Kano. TikTok, Twitter. I've got everything. And I'm presuming that like, all of your releases are going to be promoted through On The Beats as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. On The Beats, YouTube, the Wednesday. Wednesday. For sure. Sweet, well, thank you so much for taking time to come and speak on the show. It's been a thank pleasure, you, as thank always. Thank you for having us anytime. No, and same here, literally. Next year, I want to see you back here, like, within a year's time. <laughs> no, it's cool, though, because it's like, I remember, like, it was, like, end of 2021, I think, Joash, you came on the show yeah, then. That was right. our last show of 2021. Yeah, yeah. And now this is our last show of 2023. We're honoured to be the last guest of the year. Uh, you know. And I think this is the first time I'm actually come on to Yeah, no, yeah. it's nice to properly yeah, speak to you as well. Yeah. Setting our yeah. intentions for 2024 is going to be big for all of us. Yeah. 20, 24 December, catch us again. Well, we're gonna give the track play now. Do you want to introduce it for us? So, this is our latest single, Takda Java, by myself, Lucky, Joash, and Kami Kane. Hope you enjoy it. Sweet. Thanks so much, everyone, for a great year. We'll see you in 2024. Bye.